Tonight's guest, Ron Wainwright. We go way back to our teen years as Ron was a senior when I was a freshman and we played each other in basketball in rival high schools. I played for Wicomico and Ron played for James and Bennett. We were very good basketball teams back in the day and we had fierce, fierce battles on the court. He just retired after 38 years as a teacher. And so we're gonna talk about his experiences as a teacher, the many people who he influenced, students and staff, and his time as a basketball coach and a referee. And so without further ado, we'd like to welcome to a conversation with Brian, Ron Wainwright. Welcome to the show, Ryan. How you doing? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? Good, good, good. One of the things that I was thinking about um, as I was making that intro, um, I was texting back and forth with Paul today, and we were just kind of reminiscing about, we were trying to remember what kind of car you used to pick us up in. At one point, you had a Jeep, but then Paul said you, he thought you had like a Firebird or a Camaro or something like that, where you used to pick us up, and we used to go to North Lake Park. And so we'll get into that in a few seconds. But again, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I was a little nervous, but I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, it's it's uh, good to catch up. And, you know, we've seen each other a couple of times at basketball games over the years, but we really haven't had a chance to, to sit down and chat and, and, and catch up. But one of the things I do, um, Ronnie, at the beginning of each one of my shows is I, I ask my guests to really talk a little bit about their personal story, their professional journey as much as they would like. And how it led to where you are today as somebody who is um, just retiring. I know that's not the, the end of, of your story, but um, I know you have more to do. But I, I really would like my audience to kind of get to know Ronnie Wainwright. So who is Ronnie Wainwright? Um, right now, he's um, he's retired for a moment. And he's, uh, he's a father of two. Um, and my wife, Michelle, um, still here in Salisbury, still living in Salisbury, which I love. Uh, but... Yeah, my journey is to education was kind of a tricky journey. I wasn't really uh, uh, planning on being an educator from the beginning. That wasn't really my goal. Um, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, when I went to school, um, I first went to Lee University um, right. to college. But, you know, the story about playing in high school and playing through, you know, around here as a kid, I just loved basketball. I yeah. loved it. Um, and I never, I had some, I had great teachers and I really had some really great history teachers in middle school and I loved it. Um, and in high school, um, and I really loved history, but I never thought that I was going to be a teacher, you know, cause at 12 years, after you do your 12th year, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not you know, coming back. <laughs> yeah. And what do I do? I go back for 38 years. That's so, um, I actually, um, was, um, I was playing at Lee university down in Tennessee Right. And um, I and Ralph Osborne, um, who was a really influential uh, mentor for me in high school, um, took me to Lee University to try out. 
Um, Towson came down and looked at me my senior year and said that I was a little bit shorter than what they thought I was. So that didn't really work <laughs> out. So I ended up at Lee University yeah. and it was great and I loved it. But I ended up coming home after my um, sophomore year. Um, they had a coaching change right. and, we were, and I came home to Salisbury, um, sat out a year, played two years, and I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. But um, one of the teachers there, another one very influential in my life, uh, Sylvia Bradley was a professor. And she said, I don't understand why you're not a teacher. You have all the components to be a teacher. And, you know. Had you never thought about that until she's, she said that? Not really. Uh, yeah. I was taking history classes with her. Yeah. And uh, I was going to get a history major with, I don't know what I was going to do. You know, <laughs> I thought I was going to be a travel agent for a while, you know. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine, his dad was a uh, vice president of Allen Foods, a chicken processing. And he actually came to me and said, you're getting ready to graduate. I know you want a job. You're a people guy. Why don't you come work in the chicken industry with me? Right. And I really didn't have a whole lot of um, options at that point. Um, I did get my degree in teaching. And that's another story. But I, I got my my uh, degree. You want to hear that later, too. <laughs> yeah. In education. Yeah, I did that. And then... Uh, I went to the chicken factory to work for a couple of weeks. Right. And Wicomico County called me and said, hey, we'd like to offer you the job. Um, and I was like, huh, OK, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to do that. So I went back to um, the processing plant manager and said, I think I'm going to be a teacher. And he goes, might be a good choice. <laughs> you know? So that's well, how I got here. You know, it's interesting because most of us did not think we were going to be in education or teachers. You know, that wasn't my undergrad degree. My undergrad degree was in communications, radio and television. Right. So, you know, I was thinking about following Paul and Paul's footsteps. But, you know, again, you know, I, I was substitute teaching and somebody said, you'd be good at this. So I went back to school and got another degree. But yeah, you just never know how you're going to end up. And especially, you know, you've been in, at this for 38 plus years. You know, with all the kids that you have influenced, Kids at this age, they don't really know what they want to be. I mean, we're asking kids to, to decide at 17 and 18 what they want to be for the rest of their lives. And that's difficult. It's really hard. I, I feel, you know, there's a lot of kids that um, kind of get lost in the cracks at the end where it's the um, what now, you yeah. know, and yeah. they're not on the track for a military or they're not on the track for college and they're they're just looking for a job. They want to sure. just be, you know, and and they don't know where even know where to start. Yeah, and I yeah. feel bad for those guys. Um, and I think we need to do a little bit more to help them, you know, have a plan or a process to get into something other than the choices that we're offering. Yeah. And, and again, I think what happens is we have to help people understand or help kids understand that they're always going to be learning. They're always going to be in some type of school or training. And so that idea that after 12, 12th grade, you're going to stop learning, that's just not true. And anything right. that we do now, we're going to be we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be in training, we're going to learn a new job. And so, and with our, our kids today, they're going to have, I heard somewhere, they're going to have between seven, eight, nine different jobs or professions in their lifetime, right? And so- yeah. The goal is to help them be flexible and to learn how to learn and learn how to unlearn. Right. My son's 29 and he's already been through three. Yeah. He's moved three different jobs. Same, same type of career, but sure. by 29, I mean, by 20, I mean, I had 38 years. Yeah. One job. Yeah. You know, teaching. Yeah. Well, let's go back to that. You know, one of the things that I, I really appreciate is I, you know, look through your social media and look through 
Facebook and look through all the 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 kids that you know I see with you in in those pictures and how positive and excited they seem to be. And it's just you know we haven't talked in a long time, but you're the same guy as I knew when we were playing in high school. Positive, always upbeat, and you know you know somebody who people want to be around. Like you said, that person said you're a people person. And so why, why do you think that you stayed um, in education for so long? Because after 30 years, most people are saying, I'm done. Right. But you still had this passion, this excitement for the profession. I see you with your, your tennis team. I see you at graduations. What kept you going um, in such a way that you didn't lose your, your zeal for, for kids? If you're not having a good time doing what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing it. And um, I've always had a really good time doing what I'm doing. I mean, I really love it. Um, the kids, kids are kids wherever you are, you know what I mean? And they really are looking for somebody and everybody's looking for somebody. And it's, especially when they're young, they're looking for guidance. They're looking for somebody to help them and, and not only just teach them, but be that kind of mentor or, or father figure or coach or whatever it is that you develop these relationships with that can positively impact them in what they're going to do in the future. You know, and I think, um, I think they keep me young and uh, I hope they keep me younger than I look right now, but um, they you keep me young and I'd love that. And while we're here, I might as well tell you too, after 38 years in Wicomico County, I'm retiring from the state of Maryland, Right. but I'm continuing to teach. I'm going to Delmar High School next year. I thought I heard that. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I went in today and started working on my room. That is, that is, a, that's amazing. You know, I, again, you know, when I um, transitioned to my, my independent consulting and away from the, the formal education or the formal profession of the K-12 system, um, I had 28 years in and, and, and I was, um, you know, I loved every minute of it. I mean, I, I don't think, I think sometimes people say, you know, they, they hear that you're an educator or a teacher and they're like, oh, they, they're, they're like, oh, such a noble prof profession and, oh, God bless you. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, as if it, it's it's a, a chore. And I'm not saying it's not challenging at times, but I loved it. I mean, being around kids and being able to try to influence kids and, and to change lives, that's right. what you do every day. So think about for 38 years literally thousands of kids that you touched and that changes generations because you have done something and they go off and they say I remember Mr. Rain Wainwright and he taught me this or he modeled this or he was so positive you you change people right I appreciate that yeah one of my good friends Dick Morris said that to me one night he was like I don't think you really understand the impact that you have had yeah. and I'm like and I never really thought about it like that. You know, I just always thought of, I never really thought about it like that, but I love seeing, you know, kids that you've taught and you see them being successful and yeah. you see them. I don't care if you're a doctor and you're making a million dollars or if you're just a good person yeah. and you're doing the right things and you're really happy where you are. That's I'm, I'm fine. I'm yeah. good with that. I'm good with that. You know, you, um, you started at Mardella. I did. I yeah. did 1985. How long were you at Mardella? And talk a little bit about Mardella, and then we'll talk a little bit about your coaching at Mardella, because I yeah. know 
that you started with um, a, a team that wasn't very good, and then you took them to the Bayside Championship. You got Coach of the Year in nineteen is eighty nine. And so, talk a little, a little bit about your time at Mardella as an educator, and then you know the coaching piece. And then I want you to talk a little bit about um, this book that you were in um, high school basketball on Maryland's Eastern Shore okay. and and Barb McCool because she's a, an amazing coach and a, I'm sure amazing teacher. So, talk a little bit about Mardella and in your okay. experience there. Yeah, um, Mardella was a uh, a really great opportunity to me. For, at first, I was actually supposed to go to Bennett. And oh, your homeschool, really? Yeah, yeah. Ralph Osborne was trying to get me into Bennett oh, to be I assistant coach um, with uh, Jim Rain. Yeah. And then Jim Rain was eventually going to retire, and by that time, I could move into the you know the full time yeah. head coaching spot. Right. Um, and they didn't have a coach at Mardella. And then he said, "How about this opportunity?" And, you know, being 23 years old, I was sitting there going, I can coach basketball. Yeah. I can make these guys, <laughs> no matter what they are, into something. You know, I had that in my yeah, head. Well, the first, your first year, we went 0-18. You know, we didn't win a game. <laughs> but you know what? I bet you they learned some things, too. Oh, right? absolutely. And great kids. I mean, yeah. I still I still am in contact with some of those guys. And they're on yeah. Facebook, or we see each other occasionally. And, and they're just great guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the thing about coaching and teaching or whatever was I was I'm the one that's really rewarded from this because I built so many great relationships with people that I see. And the great thing is I don't ever I never I feel so comfortable walking up to people that I taught at Mardella or Parkside right. or whatever. And it's like I'm excited and they're excited to see each other. Sure. And that makes me feel really good. And yeah. I think that's part of the big reward from that. But back to Mardella, they were, they hadn't won a basketball game. They were 0 and 93 when I got there. Get out of here. Yes, 0 and 93. Wow. And they were playing a JV schedule. Wow. Yeah. So he said, I want you to be in the varsity the first year. And I'm like, oh my God, we're playing Y High and Bennett. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Butch Waller, I showed up and Butch Waller looked at me down, you know, with the coach of the week he was talking to me. He goes, good luck tonight. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Butch. I said, just oh, don't man. kill me. Like, just don't kill me, you know. So, yeah, but but we, um, I, I had a bunch of freshman guys and brought them around and they stayed and they were loyal to me and they were, they went to camps and they worked so hard. And was Charlie, was it Charlie Boyd? Was Charlie he? Bird. Yeah. Bird, okay. Yeah. Okay. I had Charlie Bird. I had the Owens boys, Tony Lewis, okay. Rudell Brown. I mean, so were they, they a part of that team that got to the, the base? Yeah. Championship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, I don't know if you remember this, but we were playing, uh, we played Snow Hill mm -hmm. in the regional semis and Snow Hill was undefeated. Yeah. And uh, we lost to them at their place by, I don't know, 18. They had Sharon Mills. He was six, nine, six, five, Nikki Purnell. Yeah. I mean, they were loaded. Yeah. And uh, we were playing them in in uh, in Princess Anne at UMES, and everybody you know had written us off. Right. And I mean, I believed in these guys, so we came in with a really good game plan. And yeah. Alan Miller, God rest his soul, um, I think he thought that you know I've beaten them by twenty both times. This was going to be a walk, but yeah. we were down by three points with a minute and a half left, and uh, Charlie Bird scored a N one basket, and I'm like. Oh, we're in this. I'm looking up at the Snow Hill crowd and they're like stunned and everybody else is rooting for us. Yeah. You know? um, and it was amazing. We lost by five. Um, but but it was it was the closest yeah. game they had all year. They went undefeated and um, 
and won the state championship. Sharon, I think, That's still has the record for most points scored in a state finals game. Yeah, I, I remember that. That he was amazing. Seven or something. Yeah. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 So that was great memories. And and being in the book was really cool. Um, and I didn't know Mr. Northern, but um coaching with Barb McCool, she's she's actually um she passed away, gosh, uh, I want to say 15 years. I was trying to do the math on it not too long ago. Right. And uh, that was a huge loss for Bardella, for us, for, I mean, she was my, my daughter's um, godmother. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We, we became, really well. Yeah. And she, you know, she's a legend, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. just yeah. a legend. Yeah. I walked into the, I walked, I remember the first time I went in for basketball practice, she goes, let me tell you something here, Ronnie. And she, <laughs> said, she said, I practice three to five. You practice five to seven. Just remember that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I know whose house this is. Yeah, we yeah. We didn't talk for a while. Like she was, she was anti um, anybody using her gym. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Old school, huh? Oh, hard, yeah. hard, tough as nails. I loved her. I loved her. I mean, you know what? and 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 I I've heard a lot of stories about her, but I think one of the things that I, I um understand from her is is her although there's like kind of a, a rough demeanor there's a, a heart in there for kids oh. Oh. um and what she did with tia jackson i mean the, those the, the 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 tough love that she gave um truly helped people Absolutely. in her lives beyond basketball she definitely was an advocate for girls and women yeah. And being equal and empowered and, sure. you know, be, be tough, um, work hard, and yeah. these things will pay off. And, yeah. you know, and she would, I mean, whew, I mean, she could get up on you. And yeah. uh, there were girls that w- that couldn't really handle it really well early, right. but they stuck, if they stuck with it, they knew that, I mean, she had nothing but the best in, in, in um, mind for the kids. Like she was all about them being successful. Well, and she was soft. She was really soft. And most people don't know this, but she was really soft. She would take my daughter shopping when she became godmother and really? they'd come back. Oh, and my daughter would come <laughs> back in pink shoes and all this stuff. And she was like, yeah. no pink. No pink. Yeah. <laughs> it was a whole nother bar McCool that people right. don't even know. But she is a I mean, a legend. I mean, in, in the same, you know, kind of mold of Butch Waller in terms of the the wins and losses and and the people that she's she's affected. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, those banners, I mean, they're just incredible. The numbers are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when you went to um, Parkside, tell me the transition. Did you go because you got another job and you wanted to coach, you know, tennis and, or, or what was the transition like? And it was it, was it a smooth transition? Cause you were there for a long time, right? Yeah. I was there for 13 years. Yeah. Um, and that seems like nothing. Like it seems like a well, bl- as I mean, you're you're um 38 years as a pie, so 13 years of that 38, so you know, right. is very right. small, right? Absolutely. Um, it was funny because uh, one of my former principals, um, Mike Christopher, who's now the superintendent of schools, mm-hmm. had asked yeah. me. He said that there was an opening at Parkside, and would I be interested? Right. Um, and I really hadn't given much thought, but it was a good time, you know. I mean, I've done 25 years at Mardella. A lot of the people that I had grown with there and had become really close with, many of them had left. It was a new right. kind of 
You know what I mean? It was just a good time to transition. You know, right. we were changing principles. Everything was kind of in, in flux. And, my, and the big key was my son was going to be a senior at Parkside and my daughter was coming. Oh, okay. And it's only five minutes down the road. Hey, yeah. And so it worked out really well. And I'll tell you, the biggest transition was the first day of school in Mardella, I taught everybody. You know, when the door opened, you know, there was only three, 400 kids walking through the doors. Yeah. When yeah. the doors opened at Parkside, I'm standing there in the hallway and there was a 1,200, 1,300 <laughs> flooding in. And I'm just, I don't wave, there. huh? And they didn't even, they didn't even acknowledge me because they knew who I was. They're just rolling right around. I'm going, good oh, morning. Man. Good morning. And they're all just like looking at me, but it was a flood of humanity. And I've yeah. never, you know, been around that. But That's Parkside fine. was a great school. I had a blast there. I loved it. I loved it 100%. Yeah. I saw you coach tennis, so we have a lot in common because I, when I um, was a high school counselor, I was a, a JV coach, basketball coach for a, a brief minute, but my my specialty was coaching tennis, and we had a really good tennis team, and I, I loved coaching tennis. It's fun. I, I, you know, when we were kids, I felt like I played a little bit of everything. I mean, we yeah. played sandlot football in my neighborhood. We learned right. to skateboard. We... You know, we played baseball we and basketball in the back. I remember my neighbor's mom, I used to go over and play and he was four years older than me and I'd never played before and I started to learn. And then I started playing all the time in his backyard. And then he came out and I mean, I, he was a little bit shorter than me, but I was killing him. And uh, his mom said, Ronnie Wainwright, you can't come over here and play anymore. But I said, like, that's kind of wrong, but he still you brings it to my game. son. Yeah, you're killing my son. It's pretty funny. That's but yeah, bad. we played everything. And tennis was a big part of it. Because remember how big tennis was in Salisbury? Yeah, yeah it was huge. And remember yeah. the, the tennis tournament and Jimmy yeah. Connors? Yeah, yeah. And, and Bill um, was the, uh, the Jimmy Connors' coach, but he was like the promoter of the, the tennis tournament that came. Yeah. I met Jimmy Connors and Ely Nastasi at his house. He had a um, he had a uh, tennis court in his backyard, and he would let us all play. And, really? Yeah, they would pull up, and sometimes they'd come out and give us wristbands and stuff like that. I actually had one of the rackets that he would hand out rackets and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a great childhood memory. But, yeah, yeah tennis, I like playing. I mean, I played on the tennis team at Bennett, and my senior year I wasn't allowed to play because you had to choose between playing in the All-Star game. They wouldn't let you play oh, yeah. in the All-Star so yeah. I chose to play in the all-star game yeah. rather than I, I didn't play tennis my senior year because of that. But, you know, I love playing the all-star game. I played with, um, with Paul yeah. and yeah. Smitty and all those guys and the guys from up North, you know, um, we, was, we had some great, great players, Ronnie. When I think about it, oh my gosh, all, all the players from up North and, and then just the players in Salisbury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. That team that I played on that year, was i mean those whittington and ward from chris yeah. field and yeah. darnell clash and, oh man i mean he went on to play professional football yep. in canada right yeah he was yeah. like i mean mvp of the league exactly yeah so yeah there were i mean there's there's guys around here they put a thing out the other day about local famous athletes in the daily times you know yeah. the double armor now yep and they left off harold baines Get out of here. I know. I was like appalled. Like, oh my goodness. I know. And as a freshman, I, I played, um, he was, he was playing for St. Michael's in soccer. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, he I was, was amazing athlete. in everything. Basketball. He was good. He basketball, soccer, baseball, well, baseball. We know. Yeah, right. It was um, incredible. Soccer. Who would have thought? I mean, he was yeah. MVP of the, of the North in soccer. Wow. I know. Crazy. Hey, um, and so you were at, 
Parkside for 13 years. Right. And you taught, is it AP history? Yeah, I teach AP. I've taught a little bit of everything, but AP yeah. world, um, US, um, AP US, yeah. um, and geography. Yeah. When Did, did you have teammates, um, other people who taught with you? Um, no, we didn't really do that um, at, at Parkside. I, I don't think, uh, I, I was a mentor teacher for, you know, the interns. I did that yeah. for a while. Yeah, uh, I've done that. I think I did that for like 20. Gosh, I think I, I think 30. I think I had them the first year they actually started coming from Salisbury University. Really? Yeah. I mean, I had a really funny intern. I can tell you my my student teaching story real quick, if you don't. Yeah, of course. This is funny. And this is also a testament to you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room to be <laughs> a great teacher or be a teacher or influence. It, it, you have to be able to learn. That's it. Right. It is. But, well, but, I, I got a letter um, a week before student teaching that said I was ineligible to student teach. And it was because my GPA was too low and I had a 2.499. You had to have a 2.5. <laughs> and it wasn't, oh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't um, cumulative. It was just in the area of social studies and, and science, which was weird. I know. And I had gotten C's in some science classes. You know? <laughs> but what happened was uh, the teacher that actually told me I should go into education went and before the dean of students and the dean of students at that time, I'm not going to say his name. He said, no, it's a rule's a rule. And although I like Ronnie a lot and he plays for our basketball team, we just can't break the rule. And so um, she said, I'd like to put it before the board. So they put it before the board and they voted and they said that I could student teach, but I had to take a three credit class and get at least a B. And I was like, absolutely, you know? Right. right. So the, the dean that told me that I wasn't allowed to do it, I actually got the intern of the year that year. The, the, well, at that time, the student teacher. Right. The right. And uh, so I, I, I got the letter, the little certificate, and I mailed it to him. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It's it's I, I I rail against this because I you know I talk about you know tests and scores and we're we're much more than a score. But right. but think about this seriously. If that board didn't let you do this, no. thirty eight years and thousands of kids would have not, would have suffered and not benefited from your experience. Yeah, because I would have graduated anyway with my degree. I just yeah. wouldn't have had my student teaching. Yeah. And I probably would have been working as a salesman for Allen Family Foods. Yeah, I saw that. And I think that's that's where we have to make sure we use some common sense. Like this guy has something in him that, that, that we know he's going to be a great teacher. He, he's a learner. He, he's a people person. He builds relationships. Those things are more important than a score. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's like the kids, you know, that my kids take the uh, AP US, co you know, college board right. test and they get a two and they're like all beat down. And I'm like, hey, you are so much smarter than when you walked in here exactly. and yep. look at what you can do and you're going to get better. You're going to get better. Just this one test doesn't mean anything, you know, yeah, exactly. and uh, look at the experience. You learned time management. You learned a little bit about working hard. You learned a lot. Don't yeah. don't shortchange yourself. You know, yeah, I don't I don't think they realize this. And I think that's your your experience and in, in your mentorship is in saying that help hopefully down the line they'll say, Wow, 
that test wasn't important, but the things that I had to do during that class and to prepare for those that test, like you said, the time management, the discipline, those things are helping me in my next stage of life. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Hey, when we um, used to, to uh, play against each other in, in, um, in high school, and again, it was my freshman year, and I think for me, just what I remember um, is that I had looked up to all you guys because you all were seniors. And right. and and so every time I played against you, I was always nervous because right. I was like, oh, man, these are people I've seen for, for years. And plus, I knew you because we would go, you would pick us up and we'd go to North Lake Park and play. Right. But still, it was still a, a, a challenge playing against you all, especially Bennett, because you all were always, I mean, when you play against rivals, it's always like you get up for the game. But for me as a freshman, I was like, wow, I just hope I don't like mess up. What were you thinking when you played against us? Well, it's funny you said that. I was talking to somebody else about that the other day. Um, you know, when I would go get Paul or um, Jackie or, you know, I'm playing with guys from White High more than I'm playing with guys yeah. on my own team because yeah. some of those guys would go out and play. Right. I have to, you know, we had to beg Paul to get up to go, you know, we had to beg him to go. <laughs> but you would always be like, yeah, I'll go. Let's go play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, even if we went to North Lake or if we went over to the reservation or if we went yeah. to Lake Street, wherever you went, you yeah. know. Um, my main thing, the funny thing is your, the story, your story to me is really funny because I remember going to your first game, um, and I believe you were playing Easton. Is that yeah, correct? it was the first game. Yeah. yeah. How about that? I pulled that out. Yeah. You I, remember that. Right? I had on my, my varsity jacket and my Bennett sweats <laughs> and I thought, you know, I was something yeah. and I walk up and I'm sitting in the top of the bleachers at the Y high Easton game. Yeah. And you went for 37. 30 something. Yeah. 30 something. It was 37. I don't know. And, it, was, it was in the thirties, but yeah. Yeah. But was I was like, game, and so, yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I said, Brian Butler, unbelievable. You know? And I was like, I mean, that was, it was awesome. It was like great to see you, know, you do that as a, as your first game as a freshman. I remember it vividly. I know where I was sitting. I remember. Yeah. You know, I think it was the perfect situation for me because I, I wasn't, I don't know if you know the story. I wasn't supposed to start that game. Um, one of our starters, um, he um, got in a fight that day. Was it Marcus Carr? No, it was um, Jerome Mitchell. Oh, Jerome, yeah. Okay. He was supposed to um, start um, and he got he got um, suspended. So I got put in the starting lineup. So it just, then okay. kind of the rest is history. So but I think I was, it was a perfect situation for me, but just because, I wasn't, I mean, I was a freshman on varsity and I was, I was pretty good, but I wasn't supposed to be the star. But then I had people who, who it was easy because I, I mean, people were keying on, keying on everybody else. And then we had Scott Smith, who was such a great point guard and, and he right. just gave me the ball and I was, it was layups. You know, I played with Smitty in, at SU yeah. for the final yeah. two years. And I mean, we were the first team at Salisbury to win 20 games. Wow. And my senior year, we were we made it to the Sweet 16 of Division Three. We lost up at Trenton, but I mean, we we and almost everybody on that team. I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of the guys on that team that were impact players were from the Eastern Shore of Maryland or Delaware. Yeah, I mean, we were impressive. we were loaded. loaded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I you know Smitty and I became great friends. Yeah, I haven't seen Smitty in years. He's still around. I see him every once in a while, but yeah. very rarely. But I tell you, he's 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 in really great shape. 
Is he really? He, oh he, my God, he, he worked out like, back then. He used to always run. So absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. I we I don't know if you remember this, but um, we lost to you guys in the regional final. That uh, was that picture. That picture that I showed on the intro when yes. you you were trying to block my shot. I was trying to grab. That yep. was that was the regional. That was the final. Yeah. I had the I had the last shot in that game. We were down by one. I don't know if yeah, you we only lost by two. I mean, y'all lost two. We won by right. two. Yeah. Yeah, we were down by one. And I had the shot and I came across the lane, left hook. Imagine that. Well, that's I, I went up and I looked down and there was um Bateman, Tony Bateman. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was wide open. And I was like, hmm, he can win this game because I got everybody on me. Jackie's yeah. on me. I felt your everybody right. on me. Yeah, I gave it to him, and he went up, and it was you. I think you're the one. Didn't you block it? I don't remember. It's been, it's been a somebody little... crushed it on the glass, and then we fouled, and we lost by two. Yeah. But I should have shot it. I'm still mad that I didn't shoot it. Today. <laughs> it's still, it's still in your crawl, huh? That's right. That is the one. And yeah. what's funny is um, Tony Bateman yeah. transferred to Wahai because he was my teammate my last, uh, which is crazy. My, yeah. my, his senior year, my junior year. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was our first time we had go we went to state um, when I when I was uh, a junior, and so that was interesting time. Yeah, I should never have passed in the ball. I'm still mad at. You know, we have a, a connection. You know, Chuck Drizell. Yep. In Lefty, and one of the things that I found recently, and this is funny, like like I said, Ryan, it's it's. I always say there's there's not six degrees of separation. There's like two degrees of separation because there's always a connection right I found this this letter that lefty wrote to me on august 6 1982 and he wrote me a letter he's a recruiting letter but at the bottom he says p.s i spoke to ronnie wainwright about you please give me a and this this is dating ourselves now please give me a collect call when you have a chance <laughs> oh that's hilarious that's funny i didn't know that that's yeah. good Yep. Yeah, I was walking through. I'll never forget. We were up. I, I don't remember who I was with, but a bunch of friends and we were at the Capitol Classic. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, there's Lefty. I'm gonna go say hi. And they're like, like you know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I went, hey coach. And he's like, hey Ronnie, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> and he goes, he said, Chuck's around here somewhere. Oh, and I went, man. Yeah, I know. I'm supposed to meet him up here. And and everybody was like, you, yeah, it's, you really know him. We we took him to the Red Roost. Did you really? Yeah. And that I tell you what, you funny. talk about the guys playing. It was the funniest thing ever. The guys playing that that piano with the yep. banjo and all the crowd, and it's real loud. Yeah. He walked through the door. Was it and silent? Banjo stopped, and everybody <laughs> just turned around, and yeah. all you heard was lefty, lefty, and clapping. I mean, it was amazing. He was. He's, he's, he's amazing, got, man. Yeah, he's got this presence. And yes. did you see his um? Hall of Fame speech. Yes. Oh, it was funny, poignant. It was just, I mean, it it was just amazing. It was just great. I mean, he's just got this way about him that that drew people to him. And that that's why he was such a great recruiter. He's another one I don't think that gets the credit as being so he was a player coach. Yeah. I mean, and he yeah. loved his players and would yeah. do anything for them. Um, yeah. and I think that, you know, with everything that went down with Len Bias. It was just so unfair because if you could just see everything that he did prior to that with those guys, amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was the greatest guy ever and didn't care who you were, treated no. everybody, yeah. everybody really well. Yeah. And, you know, again, that that connection piece, Ronnie, because, you know, fast forward 
um, after, you know, they finish, you know, James Madison and then Georgia State and then right. Chuck goes to, um, was it the Citadel? And then he, yep. then he ended up at, um, at Marymount. Yep. You know, he and I connect. I know. And then we have a, a Chuck Drizell show on home team sports. Yeah, when you guys were on there, I'm dying. Yeah, so it, it's just it's just a, a small world. But again, I, I I appreciated that you know little memory of reading Lefty's note about you speaking to him about me. So that was, that was pretty cool. He's a great. I mean, he's a great guy. I love Chuck. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, well, Chuck is just amazing, and he loved you too. Because when I we should talk, he was like, "Ronnie's such a great guy." And so, yeah, we just, you know, you can see him. I can see him tomorrow, and it'd be like we never even. Yeah, you know, no time had elapsed. You know, yeah. it's like you, and it's like you know, you've developed a lot of relationships through. I mean, it's like teaching. It's like everything else. Coaching. You develop these relationships with people yeah. that when you don't have to see them every day. Exactly. And, but when you get a chance to, it's just great. And, you know, you pick up where you left off and you have a good time and you say, I'll see you on the next one. You know? Yeah. yeah. I always say that you, you, you start relationships with what you have in common. And if you have things in common, you know, especially with, with us in sports or, you know, education, I think that just, that connects you because I, I really think I mean, sports is universal one, but education, if, if you can't get excited about kids, no matter who the kids are, then you're in the wrong profession, like you said. I mean, you you, you got to come to to work and be positive and, and love what you do. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of kids, man. You know that um, they're tough to teach, and they're tough because a lot for many reasons. Sure, I mean, they got a lot sure. of things going on. Sure, you know, we we had a a student who was shot this year. Yeah, traumatic. I yeah. mean, traumatic. And you're talking about kids. Yeah. Yeah. 14, 15, 16 years old trying to process this yeah. that their friend's not around anymore, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's the idea that I just look at kids and they're so different and bombarded with so many things that yeah. it's hard, you know, and they need good, stable guys that can just give them a hug every once in a while and say, Hey man, I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it. So yeah. It's weird to me. I think it's funny sometimes when I see these kids that, you know, will 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 approach me and maybe hug me or whatever. And, you know, I'm sitting there going, you're 16 and I'm, you know, I'm you know 61. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, they treat you like. But they they need that. Right. I, I, think, I think every person needs needs that kind of relationship where you, you can hug somebody or you can, you know, say that I love you or whatever, because. You know, a lot of these kids don't have that. Absolutely. Some of them, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of them don't. Hey, let's let's um talk about refereeing because that I think that is the the probably one of the the least <laughs> um, appreciated jobs because Absolutely. you can't make anybody happy. <laughs> and but you've been doing it for a long time. Why do you ref? I, well, when I stopped coaching, um, I love the game. I love basketball. Like yeah. anybody who knows me knows I love basketball. I'll yeah. travel for it. I'll, I love it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was lucky too. I mean, one of my good friends, uh, Russell Springman, mm -hmm. um, who, uh, left Bardella. I don't, do you know about this story? Russell no. left Bardella no. high school as a coach. No. And he wanted to get into college coaching and he went and slept on a couch at university of Florida 
and he got moved up to an assistant coach at the University of Florida, and he hung out with Rick Barnes and ended up at Clemson. Just right before he was going to Clemson, Rick Barnes went to Texas, and he was at Texas. Wow. And yeah, and he and I had always kept in touch. He's now the head coach at Oral Roberts University. Is he really? Yeah, and he's, he's a, I mean, he's another story of a guy is just a good guy, and he deserves all that. You yeah. know, he deserves to be a head coach. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's a good friend, but I, I, I would go out to Texas and watch his games and see him. And he was at San Diego for a while. I'd go, I mean, I love basketball, you know, I'll follow it anywhere, but Russell is a great guy. I mean, he's one of my really good friends, but I didn't know if you, you knew that or not. No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. And so, so what does that have to do with repping? I know it has to do with the love of basketball, but right. yeah, but, sorry. But I just you... wanted to tell you that one on the side. Yeah. So but why did you um, refereeing um refereeing I, I just wanted to be in touch with the game still and i really mm -hmm. want to be around the kids that were playing it um i just didn't have i couldn't coach anymore as far as time wise with my own kids sure and i really wanted to be around my kids you know course, um and i had been coaching until you know coaching is is rigorous yeah so um i could still stay in touch with basketball and I could go do games and I could develop relationships with these kids and the coaches. I knew most of them. I mean, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing Butch Wall. I mean, yeah, I'm doing yeah. Butch Waller's games <laughs> and, you know, he's making fun of me while I'm, you know, while I'm learning how to ref. He made yeah, fun yeah, of me I while I'm learning that. how to ref. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and refing is really hard. Um, it's, there's a lot, you know, it, it looks really easy when you're sitting on the couch, that's a foul, but yeah. when you're right up on it and the game has really changed. From people the have no idea. Yeah. No, no. People have no idea. And I, you know, last times during games, I'll like pick my whistle up and hand it up to the crowd <laughs> and be like, you know, we got openings. Yeah. Come on. We got openings. Come on down. But I love, I love it. Um, I try to stay away from. It. I told Butch, I've done Butch's games with some people, but there's guys that I just, I, I don't feel comfortable doing their games. Sure um because i have a good relationship with these guys and i long time ago i used to say hey i don't want to jeopardize our relationship right and they would say to me um and Derek fuchs and bj johnson and down here you know yeah. uh, they would look at me and go ronnie it's not about our relationship i want you to do my games because you know the game sure. you, know? you yeah. played you coach you know where we're coming from but and i like that, that. But think about that. That's a testament to you because they know that you're going to be fair and they, that's, that's about your character. I agree. And I, and that made me feel really good, but I still don't do their games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I understand that, but them saying that they had to make you make you feel good because absolutely they didn't care about their, their friendship because they knew that was going to be there. They knew that you were absolutely. absolutely. And it's really nice at the end of the year, you know, sometimes coaches get to request um, referees and right. You know, I've, I've been requested for some of the playoff games. I remember the first time I actually got um, requested for a regional final game. Yeah. And I was like, it was girls. And I, I do a lot of girls because um, I was comfortable around the girls game. And sure. I can do guys too. And I do guys too, you know. But right. like I said, I tried to stay away from some of those games because of the guys. You know, I didn't want to be, I, I just didn't want to do that at that time. You know, yeah. as far as, sure. you know, friends of mine coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be it. Who wants to who wants to referee the uh, Y high versus Bennett in like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be tough. That's tough. You know, and, it, and for me, they would also, you know, the fans would look at me and go, why are you refereeing a Bennett game? You went right. to Bennett, you know, <laughs> so it's pretty funny.
Too funny. Hey, we're going to have to go in a few seconds, but there is one thing I wanted to, to ask you because I see it on um, social media at times, but I think it's pretty cool because I have a lot of friends who, who go there, but you're a big Disney person. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so where, where'd that come from? I, I love Disney World. I haven't been there in a while, but um, <laughs> but my, my one of my wife's friends, they go like every year um, right. and they're like, they're like older, but it, it really is kind of like this tradition for the right. family. We have been 29 years in a row. Wow. Wow. And I think we might have, we have, and you know, a couple of times we've had a, a twofer in there. Um, but um, I, you know, I just love it. It's almost like, I know this sounds really funny, but I feel like um, I can go there and be 12 again. You know what yeah. I mean? I can go yeah. there and be a little kid and run around yeah. and, yeah. You know, and, and that appeals to me <laughs> and yeah. the good food and stuff too. That doesn't hurt. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, I heard somebody say the other day, as I, I'm writing this new book and I, I, I'm, you know, researching it, and they said something like, you know, we we spend in our the the first four or five years of our kids' life lives helping them talk and walk, and then we squash that and we spend the next ten or fifteen years telling telling them to sit down and shut up, like we 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 push the kid out of them. And they're right. like, we should be in this person who who shared the quote. He said, he, he said we should be kids for life. He right. said there there should be this joy in us that allows us to kind of relive where we were when we were younger because life is hard. And yeah. like we actually live life as if we were. I mean, we know that things are serious, but right. there should be times where we can just relax and be kids. Wow. My my wife says that I had the spirit of Peter Pan. You know, hey, if you I'll can never want to get old. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm fighting it, Brian. I'm fighting it tooth <laughs> and nail, all I can. Well, keep keep fighting it, friend, because uh, we need more people like you. Like I said, you know, I'm glad that that you are um, going to continue to teach. Um, Parkside will miss you, but I'm glad that you're able to continue to to spread uh, your joy and uh, everything that you have um, learned over the last 40 years or 38 years, you're gonna continue to, to share your wealth because that continues to pay it forward for, for everybody. It's a nice, it's a nice, um, change is good. You know, it's yeah. hard to change. Um, it was hard for me to leave Mardella. It was really yeah. hard for well, me to leave 25 Mardella. years is a long time. And so, it was really hard for me to leave Parkside. I mean, yeah. you know, when you're looking at these kids and they're looking at you and you're like, I'm retiring, but some of them knew that I was going. Yeah. And that was hard because I didn't want them to make them think like I'm leaving you for them, but it was sure. good for me. You know, it really is a good, fresh, get started, meet new kids, start yeah. a new, you know. It's energizing, right? It is. It really is. Yeah. My supervisor, when I switched from Mardella to Parkside, she did, she said to me the first time she saw me, she said, I know it was hard but I really do think it was great for you yeah. to really, you know, kickstart sure. and just, yeah. it's just a whole new, it's like you're, you know, 23 again. It's just yeah. a new start. Well, it was a new challenge too, because you have to, you know, meet new people and Absolutely. all the things that come with, you know, changing an organization or yeah. changing a school, it's a challenge for you. And it, that energizes for me anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to establish yourself, you know, when you go in and, and they yeah. don't know you and yeah. now you get to, you got to go in and recreate exactly. what you, who you are yeah. so that they, you know, hopefully will jump on board and, and grow and learn and develop a good relationship there like you have in the past. Yeah. 
You know, Ronnie, this has been great. At the end of each one of my, my podcasts, I share this quote that I use at my dad's funeral. And it's called, it goes, as I go, I am wearing you. And what it really is, is about all the people who I have met along the way in my journey, my life's journey, who have influenced me and have, you know, I, I, I look at and say, gosh, this person is somebody I would emulate, or this person is somebody who's really helped me along the way, or this person is somebody I, I knew when I was younger, and I've taken them, you know, with me because of the way they were. And literally, all the people that I have met, I'm wearing, including you, your positivity, just remembering you um, when we were in high school, my freshman year, looking up to you and Paul and Jackie and and Scott and, and all the people and, and just you taking me to to places in terms of playing basketball and, and this young you know ninth grader and eighth grader at the time and you taking me places like I appreciated that because y'all didn't treat me as if I'm this little kid just tagging along but again I just um I am wearing Ryan Wainwright I, I you are a piece of me that I I will always take with me so I just appreciate you and appreciate all you've done for our profession and continue to do. Well, I appreciate you too. And I, like I said, I, th I think good people find good people. In, yeah. And I really do think that they have an influence on, you know, it, it can it definitely rub off on people. Yep. And I think that's what we do every day, you know, is try to develop those relationships and hopefully they take a little piece with them. Yep. All right, friend. So good luck this year in thanks. your new endeavors. Exciting. And again, thanks for coming on a conversation with Brian and we'll talk to you very soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. Thanks so much, Ronnie. Bye-bye. Bye. Subscribe to A Conversation with Brian on my YouTube channel and Spotify.